Hello and welcome back to Runeterra Randomness, the extensively encyclopedic, firmly formatted, purposeful podcast with awful alliteration. I'm your host Nikita and with me is my co-host Flash. What's hanging, Flash? What's hanging? Uh, what's hanging? I don't know what's hanging, dude. Uh, I, that honestly caught me off guard once again. I feel like every time you give me like a little like throw to and I'm like, I have no idea what to say. I'll, I'll say this much. I played probably, probably more Legends of the Runeterra this week than I have in the in any week previous <laughs> that's great that's i mean i think with with the way things are going nowadays in the world i think most people are playing much more video games than they have been before uh yeah i, I agree so I, I think there's probably a lot more video games being played <laughs> absolutely uh so for any of those joining us for the first time in this show we cover all random things relating to legends of runeterra and maybe any other card games that we happen to be playing at the time so uh i can't even say that you're new anymore uh Flash, what, what what rank have you gotten up to now? So I the other day I managed to hit silver one. Silver one, very nice. You've you've now exceeded me. I think you've been I think you have actually been playing a lot more than I have. So congratulations. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I think I'll save that for when when I talk about the decks I've been playing. But there's there's a particular reason I hit silver one, and uh, and also I, I I'd like to say that I finally know the agony of. Uh, getting into those higher slow like slightly higher ranks uh, mm-hmm. of not being able to play uh fun decks shall we say very nice all right awesome i look forward to that uh speaking of getting to higher ranks let's talk about the ways that you get to those higher ranks by playing cards that are in the meta and by playing the decks that are in the meta uh so let's just go over what are the changes this week uh there was an update earlier this week earlier this monday um on the 16th uh there was like a pretty significant balance uh, patch and we'll go over all of that pretty in depth as the uh, the title of the episode should suggest and yeah so what exactly changed uh, first up Kinko Elusives still there still in that number one spot uh, the Ionian and Freljord Elusive deck just uh, just abusing that one keyword still there still pretty much unchanged um, down below it Spider Aggro that was a deck that we talked about last week uh, it is now right next to the top spot there mm. it's just it's very fast it's something that can handle the elusive is and... that is a Spider Aggro deck just easier to I guess like dust up or uh, I don't know like create I guess it is fairly cheap uh it only that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it has no epics in it uh it is primarily comprised of just common and rare cards and there are common and rare cards that you should already have uh already based off of the and, at least decks and I can, I can imagine that that probably gives rise to a lot of people running that deck if it's a lot easier to get yeah for sure and it's just easy to play it's one of the i mean it's just aggro i mean i think new players generally in any card game they gravitate uh Firstly, towards an aggro deck, just because that's the most straightforward play style. You know, you just play stuff and you just attack face. And this one in particular, uh, the one where, I mean, the curve ends at five. You just play a bunch of fast things. Actually, it ends at six with Darius. But uh, you just play a bunch of fast things and you just go face. Yeah, it's a terrific deck. Um, up next, Mage Seeker Lux. Now, this is a new entry this week. This is also in the uh, the S rank. I mean, this uh, Mobilytics, uh, the, the site that I'm getting the meta off of, uh, mobilytics.gg, it's not exactly representative of what the meta is because we don't really have any tournaments. And we, it's not backed up by stats, but it's the, uh, I guess it's the generally agreed upon what everybody and all the streamers are playing. Um, so just, I, I should probably have that little preamble before, uh, before getting into this segment, but Mage Seeker Lux, new deck. Uh, just to read a quote off of the 
deck page, which I think sums it up pretty nicely. Your goal is to make sure the early game doesn't get out of hand, then drop your Lux and Heimerdinger while playing out your Flash of Brilliance and six plus mana cards to level up your Lux and to generate turrets. Once you have your champions online, you can ground out your opponents with card advantage. So it's a Demacian and Piltover and Zaun control deck, and it utilizes two new cards, Mage Seeker Insider and Mage Seeker Persuader, which we'll get into the balance update. Uh, in fact, thanks to the balance update, this version of the deck um, is now the strongest because those two cards did get it reworked. But beyond them, the deck is just a pretty standard control deck. A lot of tools to get rid of stuff. Then, you know, you play Heimdinger, you play Lux, and all of the stuff that you're playing becomes just extra value. It becomes extra turrets with Heimdinger, and it becomes final sparks yeah. with Lux. I just like to say that the turrets feel like uh, you're kind of cheating control a little bit. Yes, yeah. It's I, like It's like... It's like, okay, let's control until we get to a point where we can just literally throw free stuff, you know, like at the board. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's uh, people know. call it people call it actually like an elusive deck with extra steps because uh, a lot <laughs> of the turrets kind of fair, that you honestly because the I think the tur yeah the uh, three drop turret is elusive. It's a three one and it's you have a three one elusive, a four one fearsome. Like you're just yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. It's I, I'm glad you've now played up against it. I think we talked about this uh, last week, but I, it's, I it's... don't know. I don't know if I played it against the Lux version uh, in particular. I know I've played against versions of it, but um, when it when Heimerdinger goes off, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty scary, and it, yeah, I do also agree that it's kind of unfair because you know you're playing. You know, I spent five mana for a five mana follower, and I play it down. But my opponent, the control player, gets to spend five mana uh, or like four mana on like a static shock. And then he also gets a four drop for free. And it's just like, hmm, well, I guess I got to you. Ha- you have to get rid of the Heimdinger because he's the main. Well, no wonder aggro is gun. is so popular then if like decks like this, like control decks in theory will counter aggro decks. But the idea is like, well, no mid range deck is going to do well against this control deck. So I might as well go hyper aggro to counter it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or have a better OTK finisher. But that's. That's probably, I don't know, I, I feel like we're not, the decks may not be at that point yet, but I, I you know, I'm, I might be getting ahead of myself. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, it's a terrific deck. I've seen it played. It is a little bit, um, it is a bit more on the expensive side with the 16 rares, but I think for the most part, I mean, it's it's just all, all of these decks ends up being, do you have the champions for the deck? Uh, if you do, you probably can spend the wild cards or the shards on the rest of it. Um, but yeah, Heimerdinger has been a core control card or the core control payoff for quite some time now, and that hasn't uh, that hasn't changed. And I don't know, will he be on the chopping block for uh, nerfs next patch? Perhaps because I'm I'm seeing the same kind of rumblings about him that I've, I've I remember seeing with Hecarim and to deny before. So I guess uh, I guess only time will tell there. Uh, next up, Bannerman Zed. This is another new deck in the S tier rank. This week, there's only four on the, uh, on, I guess, the S tier, the highest tier. And just to read a quote from the page, uh, this is a Ionian and Demacian uh, sort of fast mid-rangey deck. Uh, this deck is fairly simple. If you can curve out and pressure your opponent, when you can easily, then you can easily close out with a Bannerman or a Relentless Pursuit. A few combos that you can do that are useful are curve stuff like Fleet Feather Tracker into Blightseal Protector. When you're going second for a Barrier Challenge unit, it allows for an easy development against removal light decks. 
Um, basically, it's just a it's just a Demacian deck. In fact, the only Ionian card in it is Zed. But in this deck, he's, Zed is an honorary Demacian because he's primarily there just for the just because of the fact that he has quick attack and he trades very well. Also, because he has quick attack. The titular Bannerman is a four mana three three follower with allegiance, grant all allies plus one plus one. He also happens to be an elite, but. 99% out of 100, you will trigger the allegiance. So you will just give everything plus one plus one. And it, I mean, it, it has a good body to go with it. Combat tricks like symbols, uh, single combat, purify, radiant strike. Radiant strike is only a one copy. And then just relentless pursuit for the extra attacks. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty fast De- Demacian version of aggro basically which uh and it's a tribal deck too so i've been playing this one on ladder and it's actually been a lot of fun it's been really refreshing um i've just you know i just after after shadow after months of shadow isles i'm, I'm ready for something new and this was this was a different flavor of aggro months I, it, of shadow isles oh my if it's 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 probably been only what like I don't know, has it been only like two months since the game comes probably out it feels two months. Yeah. it feels like years honestly it feels like i've been seeing uh, just the same like i've been playing elises on turn two since since forever but this deck's great i i love it it's fantastic uh yeah a lot of cool cards in it um and then yeah so then just i guess to get to the top five uh the next deck that's in tier a is spooky karma which i think it got brought down since tier s um and that's probably because of the hecarim nerfs that we have uh that we're going to be talking about soon so flash have you any of the sound familiar to you have you have you been seeing any of these cards in your lighter experiences or yeah the hecarim definitely um different versions of aggro as well mm-hmm. um I think maybe maybe this is a good point for me to kind of jump into what I've been doing to get to silver one. Sure, let's let's get into it. I mean, part of me, well, I essentially found a uh, pirate warrior. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, it's the, the, the that was what I was laughing at because the idea is you're just hyper aggressive and if you either win around turn seven or before turn seven, or else you just, you just kind of lose. Yeah uh and it i think we actually you might have mentioned this last week in the show um but it's a is it uh oh my goodness i now now that now that i'm thinking about it i can't even i can't i, I can't even remember uh the the region that it's from. what's the uh, red region like the uh demacian demacian oh sorry not the, demacian uh that's what i was thinking oh my god now i'm now i'm screwing up I know, I know. Wow, look, look at me. Yeah, what's the, wait, what, is, what is Darius? Darius, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep, uh, he's from it. This is such a, this is such a marvel. I play the video, I play legal, Noxus, Noxus. Oh my God. Noxus, no, okay, so it's all just, it's all just, I, I don't know if you mentioned this last week, if there was like a Noxus type deck, but it's all just Noxus like camp block heroes and yeah. like aggressive like deal damage. Um. And so, like, the point of the deck is literally, like, keep as much of your stuff alive and don't, you rarely do you ever block. You only block if it's a favorable trade for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of hope they have no clear and you just kind of overrun them. Uh, so, you know, games go pretty quickly because you either win or lose. Um, yeah. And yeah, so, okay, so here, here, I'll, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take a look at the deck just so I can talk about it a little bit. Um, so it's Ionia Noxus, okay. 
Okay, sounds good so far. Uh, it's predominantly just not like I said, Noxus, like uh, Legion Saboteur, Arena Balacaster, like just all those like early aggressive do damage. Um, but you run the Green Glade duo, like the uh, the elusive, right? The two on elusive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, in order, because it's 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 nice that you have like uh house spider and like other like things that like copy so you can yeah. kind of buff uh, buff that two one up to like a three one or four one when you attack um and that's very effective um i also am running a zed essentially that's why uh that's why there's that um ionia right mm-hmm. um and what i noticed as well is the so might uh, which is a Noxus card that gives an ally three zero and overwhelm this round. Yes. Um, yep. If you have overwhelm on Zed, you can trigger one of his like two things. Like his his uh, he has to attack. My shadows and I have struck the enemy nexus twice. Is when he levels up. Yeah. Um. So if you have overwhelm on him, it counts as a strike on nexus. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So so by doing so. Uh, we're able like i'm able to to get uh zed to pop off from time to time and yeah it's it's just it's darius zed and i'm running one karma because later on in the game you know <laughs> uh hopefully they've spent a lot of stuff just trying to survive and then you can get a karma and maybe get some value um it's never a dead card because usually the, what this deck doesn't have is card draw um so like essentially it's it's a uh, it's like a deck that you're like putting putting a lot of pressure, but then like having one karma if if both you know hands are even is actually nice because you can actually create enough value to kind of still uh, pull through. Um, and the one the things that I've noticed recently as well is in a lot of these decks, running one of like spells sometimes is really helpful. Um, okay, that's fair. Like, and I, I've noticed this in any deck is just like there's certain spells that having a one of. There's just so many times that it does become useful just because I think a lot of tech cards, like especially when I compare it to Hearthstone, which, which I came from, like you'd have like tech spells, but like you, they would be kind of, they'd be dead cards if you, if like the certain situation to arise that you could use them. Um, but with this game, with the fact that you can build up mana, especially since a lot of your units that you're using are these aggressive, like small two drop units, um, what you have is mana in the bank usually and not a lot of spells to use for them. Um, so I ran a one of Culling Strike, which is kill a unit with three or less power, which is really nice when you have to get rid of a hero. That one is very good, yes. Um, and I ran a one of Noxian Guillotine, which surprisingly late game when I need to finish off, uh, I would like trade with like a 1-1 one, one Spider against like one of their bigger units and get rid of them with a Noxian Guillotine. So it kills a damaged unit and then you can cast it again. Um, so in the later game, if I need to like wipe a board, that's kind of how I did it. Um, so these one ofs kind of helped me out with a couple situations. But yeah, essentially, I, well, I, I'm like joking that it's like Pirate Warrior because it's it's not quite as hyper-aggressive, but it's... it's <laughs> if you want brain-dead decks, you know, <laughs> like... I mean, it sounds like it's got all the tools for for uh, to, to combat what's what's being played right now. Was the is the karma was the karma a concession or was that a or is that a intentional like include for your game plan? So so the truth is like with the karma, it's like if I could, I'd run I'd run uh, three Zeds and three Darius. 
because um, oh, okay. yeah. I, I think that just makes way more sense. I just don't have. I only have two of those, each Fair of those. Enough. So I have Fair two enough. Zs, two Zs, and then having one Karma is just like, well, you know, it. It's still not a dead card because I think a lot of people waste stuff on the Karma. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's low statted, obviously, if your whole goal is to be aggro, but you might occasionally get a spell that helps, and there's just a lot of value that comes from Karma, so it's not. It's not the deadest of cards, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, essentially this is the deck that like, because the games were so short, I could like steamroll my way all the way up to silver one. Um, back in silver two now though, uh, mostly because I was trying out other decks uh, as well. I didn't want to just play this one, but this is clearly the deck right now. If I'm like, oh, I want to go at least 50-50 today. Like I, I pretty much run it <laughs> at this point. I, th- I think it's hitting a little bit of a wall, but um, I think... Especially if you're, th- this is the sad thing. Especially if you're playing as someone who has a homebrew, um, the deck just kind of stomps on it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I mean, but that's how you know. Sometimes that's part of being it being a homebrew is you're supposed. Ideally, that person is just testing it out, and then you know, if it's not winning or it's not beating, then they can tweak it and fix well, it. Okay, so so the reason I created this deck is well, one there was like a quest to do that had to do with it, so that that helps. But two is also I I I started getting really fed up of decks just being so quick and like getting to me. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna become <laughs> I'm gonna become the evil that I hate. And uh... <laughs> you either die a hero or you live long enough. Uh, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, essentially that that's how I got to run. But now, uh, like you. I had mentioned to you earlier in the show is uh, I now have to deal with the the fact that I homebrew decks are, are just get obliterated at this rank. Um, so uh, I get I guess I guess now in some ways my deck crafting is going to have to be a lot more thought out as opposed to just and I should probably test them out a casual or something uh, in like non rank modes in the normal mode. Um, but essentially it's at a point now where it's like no you actually have to really think this through so. Yeah. That's that's a good that's a good thing, right? Or do you consider that a good thing? Well, I I think what I really liked about the lower ranks is I could I it was a lot easier to like even if you have a bad deck, if you're still going like 50-50, I think you're might more much more willing to just tinker and keep playing with it. Um but if you have like a new deck and you like lose own two right away, own three, you're like I don't really want to play with this or like you might scrap the whole idea, but it's not necessarily a bad idea. It's just it's the first version of a deck that needs like another six or seven durations, right? That's fair. Fair. Is your uh, is your account still completely free to play? You mean, have I paid money? Yeah. Have you have you put money in at all? No, I've not, not okay. paid any money. Right. Have you paid any money? Yes, I've put I I so many of these decks require. Uh, oh, so, OK, so you. So you put money for like because you're saying you're like trying those meta decks. So you've put money in to get those meta decks, I guess. I put money those uh, just for the champion cards. I've been able to get all of the wild cards and shards I need for everything I wanted just by playing and like doing like the weekly vault and like getting all the quests. But champions has been a really hard one to get I, naturally. I think honestly, one I got kind of lucky with the champions I did get. Like I think that's just a fact. Like the fact that I have two of of a couple of chance, like I, I think I have a significantly less chance. Like I don't have Hacker Room, for instance, right? Yeah. So like, if that's like a major player in the meta, I don't know about now with the with the meta change, but or sorry with the patch change, but if Hacker Room is such a big major player, it's like my current, I guess, deck creation or design space, shall we say, uh, 
my you know my um my design space is essentially like okay these are the cards i have let me make decks off of them like that's kind of how i do it so i mean i think um, i think that's, that's a lot of people with just the way that the economy works and it's like even if you did want to put a bunch of money mm-hmm. in, you couldn't so i mean i it, it i still prefer this because it means like even when i'm saying like oh like people have significantly more aggressive decks it's like at least we're not getting like three of everything like that's another thing about this they have like three of decks or three of cards right mm-hmm. and artifact does that as well right they have three of but i think in that game it's significantly different i know Yu-Gi-Oh has three of and that was the game where like the the best version of the deck would be everything three of because because synergy had become so important in that game that it you wanted your whole deck to be perfectly three of and then one two of like that was Mm-hmm. or one one of i guess but that, that that just because it was like everything needs to synchronize because you need to do a million things at once and if you're off one card you can't do this like you can't use your whole deck essentially in that game um so i feel like in this game i think a lot of decks would be a lot more streamlined if if you had three of everything you know that's true yeah and then magic has four of and i've i've gotten into like a bunch of arguments with my friends about like the correct number of uh like certain pieces that are required and all that and it's just i mean that game also does have a 60 card deck so yeah that game has a 60 card deck so i guess that that kind of makes sense i i think i've really gotten used to the 40 card deck honestly is that is that how much there's here in this game there's 40 total right yes i believe so that's i really like the 40 number honestly i don't know this i think i think secretly this game definitely prized on my Yu-Gi-Oh fan <laughs> fandom interesting i like i think loki it just it knows it's like there's all these little things i keep finding i'm like wow this is this is similar to Yu-Gi-Oh. i guess i guess i enjoy this um uh but yeah i, I guess that's my tangent for why i'm silver one um i have another tangent but uh i'll get into it when we get to the Elnux in uh in the patch notes okay well speaking of the patch notes uh let's get into those right away so earlier this uh on the on the 16th of march that's uh earlier this tuesday there was a pretty big pretty big patch i think this is the second major balance patch i believe so i think there's only been uh one before it um if i remember that correctly and yeah let's just jump into it i don't think there was any actual gameplay or not gameplay or like external oh there's some game pacing stuff uh yeah they increased some animations and then they fixed some expedition archetypes but um, those are i think pretty expected every patch so yeah let's just get into it um so first up hecarim so last week if you can remember i think like a lot of the tier one decks included hecarim hecarim was just he was just a great card he required no synergy uh, to play him like he he has a level up condition you've attacked with eight plus ephemeral allies which i mean he himself could fulfill just on his own because of his attack trigger but you didn't you didn't need to have your deck uh you didn't need you need to you didn't need to have your deck set up for that if you just played him mm-hmm. he was just a great card great mid-range never felt bad playing him just super value so the way that they have now chosen to balance him um his health has been nerfed from six to five and his new level up condition is you've attacked with seven plus ephemeral units instead of the previous eight are you sure this is a nerf am i sure this is a nerf 
I'm uh, looking. Yeah. Sorry. So let, let me let me can I, can I go quickly? Okay. I just go for I'm it. looking at what they've done. And like, yes, the health on the upgraded version and like the base version is like slightly less, but it takes less ephemeral allies to level one up. less, only one less, one less. And yes, the, the two spectra, uh, spectral riders are just two twos, but now ephemeral allies have plus three. Oh, um, I, I think the logic with that, well, see, they, okay, so according, so the I quote I don't here, think it's worth, like, it, it might be easier to take him down, but I, I don't actually think it's that much of a nerf. <laughs> the, the quote here is, we're looking to shift Hecarim's power deeper into his ephemeral synergy while leaving him a viable but weaker option for Shadow Isles decks in general. So I will say, uh, impact-wise in the meta, it has, he has, he isn't as good or as an auto-include as he has been. Um... The I don't think he gets leveled up that often. I've honestly haven't seen Hecarim leveled up. That's true. Up he doesn't get leveled up. You you are right. So that 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 might not be as a big thing. But it's the big. I guess I see a lot more uh, ephemeral decks. Uh, than than, like it just. If you're running an ephemeral deck, this this makes it stronger. Is what I'm saying. I think it makes like, it stronger. But he is. I mean, he's still a six mana. Like I I don't know when he. I, even if you had no ephemerals, you need to like attack three times with him, which is a lot. No, a six mana four five is under like th- there's the rule of like the the mana set, right? The idea is like um, in 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 this game, I think it kind of takes it the same as like if you want a balanced card, like if if it had no writing, then a six mana should be a six six, right? yes um yeah. in usual i guess i guess like rule of thumb kind of thing right sure, sure so so in in pure stats a six mana four five is not the greatest thing to summon um but the fact that they creates two spectral riders are two okay i get but i guess you can only use them for attack right um yes I still feel like he's definitely like a very like comfortable include in a lot of decks. Okay, I, I, I will say as much as I'm like defending here, I will say I, I'm not saying he's like a bad card now. Like very like pretty far from it. I am I am saying though he's I don't think he's in he's like a like a if it's like oh Shadow Isles oh yeah Hecarim just like three of like slam it in there. I think that I think this this change has affected uh to the card to be in that position now that it's just it, it's you have to, you have to actually consider it i mean five i mean it's still i mean i don't know it's it's six you know what to to, to be fair to the uh developers it's it's like very i feel like it's a soft nerf like it's not very you know mm-hmm. like it's not it's not too powerful but maybe that that might be their like divine the design philosophy as well like you don't want to just completely bury it to the ground and then in, and then no one plays it, right? So I, I think you know what for for like a starting to like see how this this version of it works. I don't think it's a bad one. That's true, and I do I do agree with you that I think iterative a very like minor change. Uh, another game that I like to play a lot, Dota, has the same logic where instead of doing just broad sweeping changes, they will instead just lower lower a stat by a little bit or lower a number by a little bit and then see if that has any effect so much like the deny nerf the big deny nerf which was just raising the mana by one this is just lowering the health by one and hopefully it has the same the same level of impact Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, right, that, I think we can go to the next one. Yeah, that's Hecarim. Uh Next up, Callista. Uh, Callista's new uh, her health got a buff from two to three. Her new text now says "level up for allies die." That is the uh, previous from the previous change, which was uh, much like her in the video game. She would bond with an ally, granting it plus two plus O, oh, and then while they're bonded, and then she levels up when she's seen three allies die. So Callista was. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this anywhere, but she was a bit of a joke in the game. She was, mm-hmm. I think, statistically the least played champion across the board, or it might have been Shadow Isles. Mm-hmm. And the the quote that's next to her, which is pretty funny, was uh, Callista was the least played champion. Oh, there you go, last patch. And considering Shadow Isles is the most played region, that's not a good sign. So <laughs> obviously this buff here, I don't know if it's... I mean, three mana, four, three. That's seen four allies die. Obviously the new... Um, Oh, I guess let's get into yeah. Let's let's also read the leveled up text. Uh, health goes from three to four, and the new text: the first time I attack each round, revive an attacking ephemeral copy of the strongest dead allied follower. This round we're bonded, and it takes damage for me. So that that is significantly more interesting than what it was before. I feel. Yeah, the one so it's like it's also a meat shield, which is kind of cool. And the Calissa, so essentially, Calissa has more health, and the the leveled up ability is slightly different. The leveled up ability no longer cares about the ally that she selected when she came into play, the ally that she, mm. that she bonded with. It's the strongest one. Yeah. It's now the strongest one. I, this, I, this is, I think this is really, I love when they do interesting things um, with card changes, as opposed to like, just the idea of like, there's so many implementations of this and people are going to play around with it. And I, I enjoy that aspect of this. I, I also agree i mean i think just uh yeah i mean ephemeral i mean i think with shadow isles i think it's probably pretty hard to make i don't know there, there might be some spider decks but with ephemeral uh or with shadow isles if you're making shadow isles you're probably including some ephemeral and this is now just i mean overall like a three mana four threes like pretty three mana four three with fearsome is pretty solid and then you know if you can get the payoff it's 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 pretty good too so it'll be more of a consideration which i guess is the whole point is you don't want it you never want something to be an auto include you just want it to be a a serious consideration mm-hmm. um so then yeah and then her uh Callista's black sphere which is the card that it transforms to uh Callista, wait, oh, oh it's actually black spear also change um they just changed it so that it's one mana more it's one mana more. Okay, I got confused. I thought that was just honestly. Card, this but... isn't a bad change because, like, the the nature of a lot of decks that, like, uh, if you have Thresh and Callista and stuff, like, you're gonna have low cost units that die. So being able to, for a low cost unit, essentially do three damage, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's. I, I think I think it makes sense, so, especially because I feel like a lot of a lot of decks that I play against end up having three mana in their. Uh, two or three mana in their in their pool anyway it's yeah. like <laughs> this card ends up being used especially if you drew, drew two callistas right yeah i yeah no i agree i think this is a great change yeah black spear has actually been an auto include in a lot of shout isles decks this change completely uh this card change completely evaded me when i was reading through this patch notes earlier but yeah i think that's because well, it's you can auto include it plus callista becomes it if there's two callistas yes play Callista. Yeah. yeah okay so in theory like you know having four of these like or five, like it's very effective. I yeah. I think even at three mana, it's still more powerful than its costs with the the nature of the way the game works. 
Yeah, and especially, yeah, because Shadow Isles, you are, stuff is going to die regardless. I mean, be it with uh, your units dying naturally or be it with ephemeral. So, yeah, no, completely agreed. Uh, up next, uh, Border Lookout is now Vanguard Lookout, and he is now an elite. He's got... Promoted to the Vanguard. Yeah, promoted to Vanguard. This is kind of a, this is kind of a funny one. Uh, I always wonder... But this is know, tech what... synergy. It's like, here, there's like, every card has a home. The idea is like, you have some kind of synergy. There are some cards that like help elite, right? Um, there's all yeah. There's or, a lot of cards that help elite, and there's a lot of cards that that trigger elite. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so why? What what was the problem before? He was just a two man. Because I haven't. I don't. This. I don't know. This card was never a serious. I, I've like toyed with Demacia the, decks before, and when do you the want idea is like before it was a two mana one four, which is like pretty much its stat, right? Yeah. Um. And now you can synergize it with other decks. So, like, I actually do like the idea of, like, if there are cards that aren't, like, maybe they had a statistic and they looked at it and they're like, okay, like, this card isn't being used. Um, how can we get it to be used? And, you know, a two minute one four with synergies? Like, if you get, like, early game synergies, like, buff it up a little bit, it. It's not bad. Like it, the, the card is more more likely to be used, especially me who like plays around with decks like this. So, but I'm wondering, like before before this change, was he put into the game as sort of like a check mark where they're like, oh, we need like a two drop <laughs> that's like kind of uh, yes has loaded. yes. Does that, that it? Okay, all right. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm very curious what the actual like design how you design a card set. Do you start off with like a like a range of stats and then you sort of like fill everything in or do you just start off with like the card design and then you I so don't know. it's it seems if this is the base then like it seems like the for a two mana card with no writing the base caught like the base power should be five in total um so it seems like they're working with that because it actually kind of makes Wait, what do you mean? Hold on, hold on. I'm just trying to see if there's any cards on this list that have nothing. Like vanilla. So I feel like all a lot of two mana cards will be a two three or three two, right? Yes, I can agree. And so the total is five, right? Yeah. So this is a one four, and the total is five of of power and health stats. Yeah. And. so I feel like their basis for, for at least before these changes that they're doing now is because it's a lot harder to obviously adjust. It's a lot harder to, to adjust, I guess, like based on like an ability, you know what I mean? Um, but if we're talking base stats, like it seems from this card, if, if this was their, this might've literally been their, like, this is our power level we're working for. And they, they worked from there, you know, mm. that's completely <laughs> fair. Yeah, no, you you're probably right. Okay, well that's enough. Yeah, yeah, it's enough. It's, it's way a, too much. Do you have actually. any more? No, do you have any more? We should. We, no, we need to. We should have a whole episode about Vanguard Lookout. Just with the I, I actually do want to say, like, now that I'm thinking about it, one mana cards tend to be what there are two two if there's nothing on it, and the yeah. two one if there's any ability on it. So well, there's a two two. Oh yeah, the Cynthia. Yeah, the Demacian card. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, you're probably right. All right, Vanguard Yeah, yeah, keep going. Let's go. Let's go. Vanguard Lookout, Vanguard Lookout. Uh, next one, Mage Seeker Insider. So this is the card that we were talking about earlier um, when I was talking about Mage Seeker Lux. This uh, version of the control deck has these two followers, um, or this new, I guess, uh, well, it's not new. There was a, It's 
sort of mage seeker tribe, but it's not really, it doesn't have the keyword, but they're just, they're all called mage seeker. Um, mage seeker insider, the power went from one to four, the health went from four to three. So it is now a four mana four, three. Um, the text is now, uh, grant me plus two plus two. Once you've cast a six cost spell this game, this is, uh, new over the previous one that just said play discard a spell to grant me power equal to its cost. So was it before? Did it like tend to be like you could just discard a giant spell and then it play but, discard but a spell? Before I, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen it played because that honestly doesn't seem like that good. Wait, of, wait, uh, okay. Discard a spell to grant me Oh, just the power, so it'd be Yeah. You get like a you could even get like a nine nine power, but it still have four health. Yeah, it it's if your deck is relying on late game spells anyway, then I guess it would be a not include before. But I don't know. I mean, I guess the logic is, is that you play it earlier. You play it when you're like turn yes, four. You to play it turn four. Lines. And then it's way overstated for turn four, but it's useless later on, I guess. <laughs> now it's now it's more of a scales with the game kind of card. Um, it does say so it says grant me plus two plus two once. I wish I had this info beforehand, but is that just once a game once? So if you cast a plus six or six plus spell before if you've cast any any six cost spell or more, uh, the like before you play Mage Seeker, it gets plus two plus two. So the idea is essentially later on in the game, it's a four mana. Uh, oh, okay. Six five, right? Grant me one. Yeah, it's it's only once. So so you can't go more than a six five, but essentially later on in the game it's a six five because you've used the you've probably used a six cost spell earlier on the game it's a four mana four three which is probably understated. So I don't know I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I it seems I mean it seems pretty solid. It's obviously being played. It's obviously good enough. It's a uh, three of in the Mage Seeker Lux deck. So I I haven't I personally haven't played against that deck and I. Honestly, I hope so. Not. Like, okay, so if if you are playing a control deck and you don't play anything the first three turns, sorry, the f- the first two turns, turn three you can play a six mana cost spell. Turn four you can play this card. Yeah. So that's the synergy. Yeah. The six mana cost spell would be something like uh, Remembrance, uh, which is a. Uh, uh, it's a six mana slow Demacian spell. Costs one less for each ally that died this round. Summon a random five cost follower from Demacia. See, see the thing is, like, if if we were gonna, it'd have to cost six for for it to work with this, right? Yeah, it has to be six plus. So you couldn't, because you said it it costs one less for each. Yeah, essentially, you'd have to use that spell without playing any units. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like we've talked enough about. Mace. I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it makes sense. I think it's, yeah, I think it's well statted. It, it scales with the game, and it's, I think it's, it, it's, it might, it might be underpowered. I, I want to say that it might be underpowered, but okay, are we both in agreement that it's better than its previous version? Because I think this was supposed to be a buff. I mean, this is a buff. I think uh, so. It's a buff if you're if you're if the deck you've designed is literally just we're we're not playing anything, you know, <laughs> and we're gonna play big spells later on with the mag- the uh, spell magic we've we've kind of uh, saved. 
Okay, I can agree with that. Uh, next up, another Mage Seeker card, Mage Seeker Investigator. The old text was play. If you've cast a spell this round, remove all text and keywords from an enemy follower. And the new text is create a detain once you've cast a six cost spell this game. Um, so yeah, another one. So I guess the Mage Seeker tribe is now the tribe that interacts with uh, big, big spells. So, I mean, detain, really good card. Uh, I Do you, do you have a copy? To... It used to just uh, if, if you. I guess this, okay, it's an actual spell, detain. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this plays more into the control, right? Because you just detain a card and and hide it behind a unit that's not going to die. Do you? Would you prefer to have you, you? You know what detain and purify does, right? Detain is like you capture the unit until yeah. they kill the unit that detained it. I guess. Yes. Yeah. And okay. purify removes all all text and keywords from a follower. From an enemy follower, yeah. From well, it's, uh, yeah, it's essentially a silence, right? Yeah. Um, it's pure, like once again, this is a <laughs> this is a, if you've already played a six mana plus cost spell. So like this, the, these cards are becoming much more, I guess, to that to that uh, you know, big spell Demacia deck, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's only, I mean, this, it's interesting because in Mage Seeker Lux, there is only three or six, there's only seven cards that are six cost spell. But I mean, when you think about it, it doesn't really matter because all of these cards, these are cards only just to sort of support the Heimendinger. I mean, uh, this specific card, Mage Seeker Investigator, isn't in the Mage Seeker Lux deck, deck, Mm -hmm. but I mean, once you have Heimer and Lux in there, it, the, the followers don't really matter. They start to lose the purpose. I think the followers are more so just to hold the line and prevent the the onslaught of aggro while you can, you know, d- defend. Yeah, yeah. So, so in, in that way, I think it synergizes well, but I don't... I think all these cards just feel... It's like... It's like it feels like they're kind of stuck to, to the one style of play, right? Like you're not going to use this in decks where you're just running. You're not, if you're not running any six cost spells, right? Which there are a lot of decks that do not run six plus spells. It's fair. You're not going to run these cards. Right. So, uh, it's, it's interesting that they choose to do that. That's, that's pretty much all I got to say. But what, what, what would you rather have in a game? Would you rather have a free detain or a free purify? A free silence or free detain? Uh, Hmm. how do you like to deal with stuff because the detain queue i mean detain as a card is kind of interesting because it makes you uh, you need to have like a strong unit on the board because if you just put it on a weak unit and then jump with it you're the five mana you spent for the detain is now just invalidated yeah i almost feel like detain like the purify is almost makes it, it just acts faster like you just do it that's true like you cast a spell, you cast any spell, and then you can remove keyword. Like it just felt there's a lot more uses for it. While this will be very specific, and plus because all your units tend will tend to be these random like smaller cost units, most likely in this deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it might be hard to keep them up with a detain. Yeah, like I, like yeah yeah. Yep, yeah, I think I completely agree. Um, next up, Mage Seeker Persuader. Uh, the cost has gone down from six and down to two. The power has gone from four to three. The health from one to two. So it is now a two mana, three, two. And the new text says Grammy plus one plus one and Challenger once you've cast a six cost spell this game. 
uh, up from the previous play discard a spell to grant me health equal to its cost. So it was the, uh, I guess, the counterpart from the uh, the Mage Seeker Insider and the Mage Seeker Persuader. Insider was attack, Persuader was health. So, so the meta cool. report that you were talking about, was this after this patch uh, went live? Yes, this was after. Okay. So, and both the Insider and the Persuader, or the Persuader, I, I, be- I believe this one is after. I think this is updated because this... Uh, this Mage Seeker Lux, the deck description specifically says, revolves around the new changes to the Mage Seeker cards. And it says, especially Mage Seeker Pers- uh, Persuader. Um, well, yeah, because this is just, this one, this, like, if you have to get rid of Elusives or anything, it's nice. And two, if this, if you get, like, a two mana four, three, essentially, because you've used it, it's, 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 it's almost like the reverse of a lot of other decks where they have small, like, low cost spells so they can get their units going mm-hmm. while this deck has like uh their units are almost those low cost spells that kind of enable the bigger spells. Yeah, as local it has low cost units to get your spells going. Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, cha- cha- yeah, challenge is a great keyword. I think I needed cuz this is uh I think that's that's this deck's only way of actually getting challenger. So like of only way of I guess uh, de- uh, dealing with a threat through combat and it's a very uh, i guess spell-based way of doing it but yeah it makes sense why this card has been seeing a lot of play and it seems yeah it seems really good i mean at two mana uh, it ends up yeah two mana four three with challenger yeah that's i mean at, at two mana that's basically nothing and that's like a, a pretty good amount of stats mm-hmm. so yeah mage seeker persuader next up crowd favorite uh crowd favorite has been a complete crowd favorite in any deck that <laughs> just swarms the board with stuff i mean it never i mean i we've definitely talked about this I've, I've mentioned it whenever i talk about any sort of swarming deck because it always includes it the health has now got it used to be a four mana two two and now it is a four mana two one with the same effect of when i'm summoned grant me plus one plus one for each other ally you have so this just feels like a very like base like we feel like it's overperforming slightly let's yeah. reduce the health and see what happens yeah i don't really have much more to say to that I don't think there is much more to say. I think it's still, I think it still will be played. I think it has been played. Also, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't kill the card. It still has the overwhelm stat, which is broken, and it still rewards having the board full, which is honestly not really hard to do, and a lot of decks game plan. So mm-hmm. yeah, crowd favorite will probably remain a crowd favorite. Uh, next up, Iceborne Legacy. Uh, this one's actually, I wanted you your thoughts on this one because it's kind of interesting. Um, cost goes from three to five. Uh, so now it is a five mana slow spell in Freljord. And the new text says, slow, grant, a co- grant an ally and all allied copies of it everywhere, plus two, plus two. This is from the previous burst, grant an ally and all allied copies of it everywhere, plus one, plus one. So has they- this seen play at all in the meta decks? Do you know? It before. has not. It has not because it it is a specific deck for like Poro decks and I guess Elnick decks and any uh, it, deck that yeah, carries I don't, multiple copies of it. I I don't see this. Like I get it, but it's too slow. So what's interesting is that they specifically describe this as a buff. They say that it hasn't seen much play, and so they're saying they're doubling the effect at a higher investment. Uh, to try and offer a more appealing prospect. Now, the times that one, it was... it's sorry. Can I can I just say one? It's slow. Yeah. Uh, so now there is counterplay. Two, um, it's five mana. Yeah. And 
I mean, I'll get to it a lot more when I get to the Alnuk, but it just feels like a lot of these decks where you buff a lot of the stuff in your deck just take too long. That's like, so yeah, I completely the agree. The stats the stats don't matter because there's just enough finishers that get you out of the way. So I I don't think anyone's gonna be playing Iceborne and like I people might try to play it. Um I I don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, it going from burst to slow, not even from like burst to fast is it's huge. And it's it's yeah, it, it, it can't even be a combat trick anymore. It has to be like a, a like a setup thing that the opponent is plenty of time to prepare for. But yeah, completely agree. Iceborne Legacy. I It's an attempt at a buff, but I don't know if it's the way perhaps to buff it. Uh, next up and in a similar uh, theming pack mentality, the new text says give allies plus two plus two and overwhelm this round. This is a seven mana slow uh, failure spell. Um, but this this card makes more sense to me because this is clearly a finisher card. It's there that person has run out of hand, cards in their hand or stuff to possibly counter this. You have a board and you need to finish them off. So I actually see the use in this card. While the other one, it will be like, well, maybe this will help me sometime later, but usually it'll be too late. Yeah. Well, pack mentality. This is pack mentality, right? Yeah. Um. This. This this is just like we're we're almost there. Let let me finish it. But there's enough counterplay. No, I, I'm I'm totally fine with this card. Yeah, the previous version was very limited uh, in its scope. It said an ally and other allies of its group, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, I mean I don't know. That's kind of, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a big ask. I mean, when not not but everything this, in this game sorry, has a tribe. This card does what Iceborne Legacy is trying to do, but within one card. That's true. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. Okay, pack mentality. Moving on. Poro snacks. Uh, the cost is now from four, is now reduced down to three. It's a three mana burst spell that grants poor allies every plus one plus one. According to it, the this developer is notes, that's all I got. <laughs> have you, are you, you you've you've played this card? Uh, we're hoping this change helps expedition is also part of this. I this is this is fun. This I I think poro snacks of four was actually way, way 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 too high. This. Honestly, with the amount of pores you're actually going to use in your deck, like I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes two eventually. I'm just saying. I completely agree. Uh, I mean, I think more poros could use more buffs. Honestly, if they this could be two, and poros poros would maybe be a deck then. Yeah. All right. I might. You know what? You know what? I'll I'll promise the listeners just for next week. I'll 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 try to make some poro decks with the new poro snacks. Excellent. Looking forward to uh, it. Because speaking of the card that follows it, um, I'm having tough time with Elnux currently. Okay, well, speaking of Elnix, Troop of Elnix is the next card. Uh, it's, it has a change that was in line with a lot of the stuff that we talked about last week when we were talking about how the card actually works. The new text says, play for the top six cards of your deck, summon each Elnix, and shuffle the rest into your deck. So at, what, what, are your, what are your immediate impressions? So the idea was they want to get rid of that like insane value that you could get from it. Yes. Um, the only problem is that's the only thing that was making that the deck I was using previous somewhat viable. That's true, but uh, it was also the reason that people were just including it in completely unrelated decks. That that is fair. That is fair. But from a uh, Elnuk, um, oh, what's what's the word from Elnuk? Uh, I guess prestigious perspective or, or like uh, Elnuk aficionado. Elnuk, yeah, Elnuk uh, perspective. It, it's so I I've played a lot of games this week trying to get the uh, the 
the counterfeit copies and the and the electro. Mm-hmm. I might I might I might have to like rethink and just try to use counterfeit only. And actually, no, counterfeit is still uh, parts, right? Built over in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then, it doesn't matter because because electro is the same is the same class, so I guess that doesn't really matter. No, the it, the deck was just too slow, and the only thing keeping it somewhat viable was literally just going all in on that. Um, there's like I was doing a little bit of Yeti, I was doing a little bit of Alnuk, but it 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 works against. I guess it it only works. The, th- the theory behind the deck is that it would work, I guess, against if you can survive long enough, but it can't survive long enough. Um, like, if you're if you're facing an aggro deck that doesn't really have finishers, then the theory is, oh, eventually I'll just have a million Elnux. Or I'll be able to replenish with Elnux because I've put a whole bunch of them in my deck and that keeps going. Um, but what ends up happening is if the game does go that late, usually other decks have finishers that significantly... Just don't allow for this this card to be useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so what's your conclusion? Play playable, not playable. I mean, your version of the deck might not be, or you, you said you have to change it a little bit. But do I, you have a good change. The, or the, the, well, the, I mean, the, is that a necessary? This change? has made me not want to try to make decks with it. So that's okay. that's my final verdict on it. <laughs> Okay. All right. Interesting. Because bef- before I could at least somewhat get ahead on board, but now it's like, no, I'm gonna get ahead on board after I've already lost the game. You know. <laughs> Fair enough for the uh, the sobering realization of having to face the meta in the uh, high ranks of of silver. For, for oh, it's okay. We'll we'll make a poor deck for next week. We'll we'll stick we'll stick with the Freljord. Uh, um, I guess I guess that's my that's my region. If there's like Freljord fun stuff. Choose. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Excellent. All right. Next up, Novari Navori Conspirator. Uh, this is the Ionian elusive card that has been a staple. Um, it's a two mana two two now from a two mana three two, and then it has the elusive keyword and to play me recall an ally. Uh, Great change. Yeah, I think this is a good change too. Two <laughs> mana three literally... two was pretty crazy. Yeah, they they the, they get the two one that only has elusive when it's played, so we just like bounce it and then. Or um, you bounce the hand buff, uh, the T. Yeah, you, you bounce whatever you need. Mentor. You know, it, it was, yeah, no. This, it was just this good. It was, was It was never like a downside to recall an ally. That's bit like, that's basically the thing. It, it's it was still going to be. Additional cost. Yeah, it's still going to be more than useful. <laughs> yeah. Never conspired. Yes. Good change. Agreed across the board. Next up, Chumpwump. Uh, the health has gone down from four to three. So now it is a four mana four three. Um, this is a staple deck in Ezreal decks because Ezreal wants to play a bunch of cheap spells. And this card creates two cheap spells, which are pretty good. Um, but the I guess the problem that they saw and the problem that I agree with is that it was still a four mana four four, which is pretty good. Like it's a pretty good card for what it... Uh, the You're not... You shouldn't be playing it that it's... You should be playing it for its effect. If with this an effect could be like a that, three, you should be three. playing it that it's uh, like also so well statted that it's like very formidable against aggro decks. So I think this is a yeah. good change personally. The, this could honestly be a three three. This could also totally agreed. Yes, like mushroom cloud could be less as well. But that's yeah. just this was because I hate Timo. Of course, <laughs> this isn't even League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, I always class. They they really they've captured the essence and they've they've definitely captured yeah. the essence. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, no, completely agree. All right, next up, Flash of Brilliance. The old text says create a random spell in your hand and refill your spell mana, and the new text says create a random spell that costs six or higher in hand and then refill your spend mana, spell mana. Uh, so this card is also in the Mage Seeker Lux deck, and it I think it fits completely with the archetype, the Mage Seeker archetype that they're trying to push. Uh, yes. Yeah. It means it means you're not going to be able to be like create a random spell in hand and then use it right away. True. Agree. Right? Like you can do that late game, but you can't do that early game. So it do- just doesn't give you this. To be fair, it's a three mana that gives you a random spell and you can use it right away. That doesn't seem overpowered to me. It is RNG, but it's still like it's still like you're going to get a random card that may or may not be helpful. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it only says spell mana. It doesn't say like you're all of your mana. Yeah, no, 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 of course. But but my point was, oh, I guess it is a random spell, so you could get like a really high one or a really low one. Yeah, this is just an RNG card. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's six plus. This actually answers the question that I was thinking about earlier, where uh, why does the Mage Seeker Lux deck only actually have seven cards that are six plus? I guess now it has another three because, I mean, Flash of Brilliance, that's all Flash of Brilliance does. So <laughs> I think it's solid. I think it fits with the deck. Yeah, yeah. I get, this will, yeah, this will allow you to get that six plus mana spell so that you can activate the other cards. Awesome. I think good, yeah. good card. Uh, next up, Rummage. This is just basically like a, an additional nicety. Um, the old text says to play, discard two, draw two. And the new text says to play, discard two, draw two. If you have exactly one other card in hand, discard one to draw one. This is basically fixing the condition that um, if you had like a level two Jinx in play, uh, you, you couldn't play it because you couldn't cast it when you only had two cards in hand. So... I think it, I think it's a decent change. I don't know if it needed to happen, but I mean, it's you know, it's. Can can we talk about this for a second? Because uh, sure. this is the one main thing that's different, definitely from Hearthstone, is that in Hearthstone, if you had no cards in hand, you wouldn't have to discard, and you could still play the card. Um, but in this game, if you just dis- you have to discard a card, so you have to have a card in hand in order to use these cards, which is it's different. It. In in magic, this would be templated as as an additional cost to cast this discard two, and then it would say draw two on a separate line. Um, but yeah, it's not exactly clear. Um, I guess the, the the way that this game has its rules, it's probably if there was a rule book, it would mention probably something like this that you have to fulfill the conditions if there are any on a card. You have to, yeah, or also just dead card in your hand, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think I think it's just interesting to bring up. It's like uh, I I did play around a little bit with Jenks discard decks. Uh, I think two weeks ago. Um, and did so you ever run into was... this? No, I did. I like it was just like discard one card, and then but that's the only card I have in my hand, and I can't play it. Right. Mm, yeah. Fair enough. Um. So it it it's it's tough because like if it's your last card anyway, then it's usually the only card that's like you're usually losing at that point anyway. If 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 you're not ahead on board, and you have one card, then it says discard, and you don't have anything to do with it, you're kind of done. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. But uh, I I don't think I like it. I think honestly, if especially if it's discard one, like if you have discard one, and you have no other cards in hand, you should be able to just to play that card regardless. Because I don't think they have any overly overstated discard cards. Um, but yeah. 
Yeah, I think I agree. Didn't necessarily need to have that happen, but I guess is a nice is a nice change for those that play that play that deck. Uh, yeah, unstable. Uh, next up, unstable vol- voltition. Uh, the new text says Grammy plus four plus so and quick attack. Once you've cast a six cost spell this game. Um, previous text said when I'm summoned, Grammy plus four plus so and quick attack. If you've cast. That's interesting. When I'm summoned, Grammy. Oh, once. So it's basically a templating change uh, to line up with the Mage Seekers that says uh, once you've cast a six cost spell this game instead of if you've cast a six block uh, six cost spell this game. I think it's a. I think it's a it's functionally a... identical change. Um... I'm missing something. Is it just templating? I might be missing something. I don't know. Once, four plus zero. Once you've cast a six cost spell this game, if you've cast, that's what? interesting because like the other the way it had the old text is what it seems more similar to what the cards currently do, right? Current, I mean the mage seeker current. the mage seeker has has the new text templating. They have the once you've cast a six cost spell this game. Oh okay, so I guess I guess it's just templating because it it seems the same to me. So I, I think it's also so they they want the want the card in your hand to be buffed to so I guess the player playing it is like knows that you fulfilled the condition so you can play it as the buffed version. Okay, so it yeah, so it's it's not when it summons that it activates; it's before. Yeah. It's whenever. Um, and yeah. Possibly, if there's other cards that have any kind of synergies with how high or low the, the card like if this is an a4 if, i don't know like th- there is ways that this could make a difference but i don't think with the current card set it really matters <laughs> yeah agreed i don't think there's stuff that checks the size of stuff in your hand uh so far but yeah templating change and in line with the other stuff so i guess a, a decent i guess i could change it's not it's not a bad change so yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Next up, moving right along, Brute Awakening. Um, summon, it's a five-mana slow spell that summons three Spiderlings and grants Spider Allies plus one plus so. Um, it went from a six-cost down to a five-cost. I think that's a decent change. Uh, I don't think it's still going to be played in like Swarm decks because it's still pretty pricey and it's a slow spell for what it does. But um, it's, it's it's almost like if I have three... Like, it might be a nice... To, to get to activate leaves essentially this is this is what it feels like this whole card's made for so okay fair enough yeah <laughs> i i don't think i i mean i did run this card in the in my very early uh, beginning of game shadow isles decks just because i i mean i had it uh but yeah i don't i don't know if this is i i don't know if it's going to be playable but i don't know maybe it will maybe i'll be proven wrong we'll see uh, we'll see I, it, it makes it a little more playable <laughs> yeah uh, speaking of stuff that's playable, next up, Mark of the Isles, uh, extremely playable and played constantly. Uh, previously, it said one mana. It's a one mana burst spell that grants an ally plus three plus three and ephemeral. Now it grants an ally only plus two plus two, but still ephemeral. It, yeah, I think it's fine. Like I don't, th- I think it'll still probably be used. <laughs> I agree. I think this is still a pretty. I mean. I... It's a combat trick. Uh, it's a burst combat trick, so it's pretty good already. Ephemeral is not necessarily a downside because, I mean, in some, I mean, I guess it triggers. Some cases it helps. In other cases, no, especially if you're running this kind of deck anyway. Like the 
having having cards die so you can activate other stuff is not necessarily a bad thing so and then you can combo it with something like Deathmark and remove the ephemeral and put it on an enemy so i mean there's yeah another, there's, another reason to there's use a ephemeral. lot of synergies i don't think it necessarily makes it worse yeah i mean it makes i mean it to, be fair, to be fair like the, the, they were ephemeral before so it's not it's just it's just a 2-2 now so Most i think the card will yeah. still be used yeah, completely agree. Mark of the Isles, still still a pretty good card. Uh, another very good card that's been played a lot is the Rekindler, which is the, next, the final card that got its nerf. It is now a 7-cost uh, follower up from its previous 6, but it still does the exact same effects. Now, I, I think this is a good... I, I mean, this is a good change, obviously. It's better mm-hmm. than no change. Uh, I still think this is a pretty good card. I don't previously, and we talked about this in a previous deck um, on Rekindler uh, Garen. It was it was the card was literally just included in decks that weren't even related to Shadow Isles or had nothing to do with Shadow Isles. It was just like the only three of Shadow Isles card in so many decks, just because it was such incredible value to just yeah play a six drop that was a four four and also the and strong- a Garen. <laughs> Yeah, the strongest dead ally champion, which, yeah, usually was Garen. And then, I mean, what if it was like a Darius or just, you know, whatever. I, I still think it's, I think it's pretty good. I don't know if it's represented. I forget. This, I don't think it's represented in the current meta, but I think yeah. I still think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's also, isn't it, doesn't it look like, um, someone was saying this, I think, on Reddit at some point, but it like looks like that king from Adventure Time. Um, oh yeah it does with the crown yeah with the very long crown and the uh <laughs> the beard yeah actually so i'm starting to see that now that's kind of funny um, yeah uh but yeah no i at seven yeah i think i think it was probably really strong in a lot of cases where it shouldn't be so now we'll be more a little more balanced yeah yeah uh yeah agreed i don't yeah, I don't think it's the last we've seen of the Rekindler because that is, that is I mean, it's a crazy effect. I mean, champions are usually the strongest uh, things to have on the board and game and this just brings them back. So, yeah, why wouldn't you want, why wouldn't you, what situation would you not want a champion back? Um, I guess well, just to, the only, the only time you definitely want to use this is you have a bunch of low status champs. <laughs> like, I guess that's fair. I mean, yeah. still, it's like, I mean, then you wouldn't include him probably in the deck if you don't have exactly. any champions yeah, yeah, which yeah. reviving. Uh, do you agree with this theory that the game needs to have a graveyard? This has been a point of contention for a lot of people, like a visible graveyard. Um, have you experienced anything where you've wished you've had had one? We may have talked about this last week. I I don't want a graveyard because I know Yu Gi Oh and I know what would happen. You would you're you're worried that the game would start interacting with it too much. Oh, 100%. If we had a visible graveyard, like you, you would, they would find way, because you see it anyway, it'd be like, you did eventually, you get the monster reborn, you get like the card coming back, and you would like be able to choose it, <laughs> cycle through, you know, sure and then, been uh, so far, yeah. 10 years later, and uh, we, you know, we wouldn't even recognize the game anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it it's, well, let's remember, like, they're trying to get this game on mobile. Like, I, I think Kevin Graveyard is definitely not the way you're going to design the game if you're trying to get it on mobile. So it is. Uh, yeah, it would be a little bit difficult to. And I'm I'm kind of I, I think I tend to prefer more minimalist or like just less information if possible um, when I am playing games like this. 
because I'm usually there's a lot of like calculation going on anyway. So um, if it's if both people can't see the graybeard, I don't I don't see how that's a problem. Um, like I, I get I get why it's like it's like there's certain cases where like you're bringing like the rekindler. It's like uh, you know if you're playing around it, you're like okay, like what's their highest cost card that I'm gonna have to deal with next turn? Or if you're playing with it, you're like okay, what's the highest cost card? But you stuff like this, I think I think you would know. Especially if you're the one playing it, it might be a little harder for the opponent. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think great answer. I think uh, I think I'm in agreement with you on that. I I probably wouldn't be as opposed to it if we included graveyard. But if it's these kinds of effects where it's just like it's not that hard to remember the strongest dead allied champion. I might yeah. not like if it was like the most across a range the most mediumist stats across all dead ally champions then it's like okay well now i need to know all this stuff why should i make a card like that now you know what i mean (laughs) it just it was just well then they would have there would be a legitimate argument from the community to include something like a visible graveyard i know a lot of these um you know how hearthstone like other card games have like these third-party applications that are like overlays for the game i don't Uh, like those yeah i don't like those either but they're the ones the, I think the primary feature of a lot of them now for Runeterra is like visualizing your graveyard. So you have that, that little bit of extra information. It's two things. One, if you really want to like, if you actually have synergies like this in your deck and you really want to remember, you should have a piece of paper. You can actually do that if you're going to go that hardcore, but two, it's like the amount of games, especially especially this pace that this game goes at, the amount of games that are actually come down to whether or not you remember correctly which card you had or didn't have in your graveyard, I think it's like zero point zero one percent. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I, that's such an awkward thing to ask for people to just be like, just just remember, because then they just be like, well, it's information that should be visible already since it's technically hidden information. My but, my point is this won't matter like like especially with like I, I, how many other cards have like effects like this where it's like I, I think know. there's uh I mean it's a lot of stuff in the shadow isles um but just, even even the card that brings back like all the champions right like that really high spell like the yeah. high cost spell like even that card it's like does does it really matter if you remembered which five or four champ like like uh sorry followers or champions are about to pop out like does it does it really matter you know what i mean yeah no like, I, if I, you didn't play around the card itself you know <laughs> i think i think there are some like specific ones but i think it's just a case of like the game not being exactly clear with the interactions of like the order of uh stuff coming back i i remember i remember seeing a lot of discussion on this but i i, I think i'm in agreement with you on, on listen i'm gonna be playing one day one day maybe a year or two years from now I'll be playing in like a world cha- rune terror world championships, cool. and this this specific conversation has come back to bite me as I'm going to forget like one little thing like this, and, <laughs> and then and then we'll play, we'll play. <laughs> It'll be a video with with you going doing that misplay, and then a clip from this podcast. Exactly, you, you how unimportant or how just just remember right on a piece of paper. Around, yeah, around hour ten, episode seven of the rune, rune terror randomness when I. <laughs> When I miss lethal by one because I I didn't remember the stats of the cards that are about to pop out from my graveyard. <laughs> okay, I can't wait! I can't wait to see you in that world championship. 
Uh, it's gonna be a Poro deck too. That's what you're gonna be winning. It with. will be, and I'll be, I'll be like that, um, like the person who played Panda. Was it in like Street Fighter or uh, Tekken? Yeah, was it Tekken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, uh, just, <laughs> I'll be like that guy, you know, just playing Poro decks for the next two years until eventually I've crafted the perfect Poro deck, and I know every Poro play there is to play. Excellent. What a what a skill set. Um, but yeah, that was that that was the update. That was the end of the update. That was actually quite a big one. I think I think the previous one was smaller than that. I'm pretty sure. But and I also like I, li- I like two things about the way they introduced this update. One, you have the card and the text and like what they're changing is very nicely laid out. Plus, they have the context. So what, when you're reading through it, you can actually just try to understand like what they're kind of thinking through it. Mm. Um, I, I actually really like this way to release patch notes. And then like the more like nitty gritty, like written stuff is at the very, very bottom. Yeah. Um, and and it's just it's so much cleaner. Like if you're literally just going like wh- what is the, but the actual gameplay, wh- what's changing um, and like cards, because that's usually what a lot of the community will be. Uh, looking at you it's very easy to kind of read through and, and look at so that's nice. yeah uh, i will say mobilytics please update your card images on your website because they're actually not the update ones it was extremely confusing trying to cross-reference stuff between the uh wow. the new text and the, the wow. old ones i mean i don't know they're they're mobilytics has they're paid by riot they have a tft oh they are oh the, and you know what yeah. you're right then if they're paid by riot then you're completely right I was gonna say if it was just like some random community website, I'm like, ugh, these are harsh there, bud. These are head honchos, and they've got the monopoly on it. They've got the direct feed. So yeah, get get your stuff together, guys. All right, well, listen. If you don't, if you don't, we'll we'll put it up on our website. We'll be a direct competitor. Just just, we'll be. (laughs) We'll just start making our own card database. Yeah, that that's a complete very easy thing to do. Very just low effort. Yeah, easy. Just a, a Google Sheets document with just like a couple lines. It's of just Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, Excel spreadsheet. What do you need for? Yeah, what we don't need deck trackers. You don't need. You don't need any of that. Nah. All right. Well, was I mean? Was there anything else you wanted to to get to or? Nah, this is great. This is this has been good. Uh, yeah, I have nothing nothing up. I, I think we we had a good discussion throughout these uh, patch notes. So I got I got that that. Uh, you know that part of me that enjoys talking about random cards out so uh, i'm good absolutely we truly did put the randomness in in runeterra randomness with this episode's discussion um i don't know yeah. we went over patch notes i don't know how how random that is honestly i mean you're <laughs> I talking like about random very... cards i mean it was a it was a compilation of random cards you, I guess you are correct required, required and there was some us talking about randomness in the game i i guess you're there i guess you're there there was also us talking about Legends of Runeterra, which I think is very important for the show. <laughs> so I think we, we covered basically the two main things. And if we if we hadn't covered those, then we had failed as an episode of a, of the show. But we did. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> uh, as usual, thanks for listening. If you want to help the show out, tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes. It, it, that actually does help. Uh, any any final thoughts, Flash? Any, any ponderings? Any Shout outs once again to Miffy oh, yeah. and Paint. Mythian Paint, thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Uh, and I think I think that's that. Yeah, wash your hands, folks. Stay clean. Ooh. Play some games. Stay inside. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.